The recent popes, John Paul said, now's the time. This is the moment. Literally thousands of people in our diocese have experienced that love through the power of the Eucharist at those wonderful events. And to see that happening monthly, 40, 50 or more people going to confession monthly is really amazing. People just keep kept coming and coming and, and there was lines out the door, down the hall, down the church. What does it look like? People falling in love with Jesus, coming to know how deeply they're loved by Jesus. And not just in a moment, but, but to surrender their entire lives. You surrender your life. You make it your aim to please the Lord. When I hear Greg Schleter and Peter Herbeck talk, I want to buckle my chin strap and take the field. That's what's happening here. People are taking risks. It's time to move. More than a moment, this is a movement. You're tuned into Ignite Radio Live, and we begin right now. So tell me, Steph, you are not fired up about hearing Mike McCartney. Who doesn't love Mike McCartney? We lift him up and his wonderful family, Mike, who is a great believer in our area, a trooper. He suffered a heart attack a couple weeks ago. Longer than that. Okay, a while ago, but we lift him up in prayer and uh, his family, and he's doing well right now, but uh, just a brother we want to keep in prayer. And tonight, uh, welcome, by the way, to Ignite Radio Live Tuesdays over the five mighty stations of Annunciation Radio. Very blessed to have you all with us. So much more than just a program. We are about we're about living it out, striving to be fall far from the mark. But we, we want to live this out. We want to have more than, quote, unquote, Ignite Moments. We need to get in the game and fan the flame. I didn't plan on that rhyming. We need to get in the game and fan the flame. So those great weekends that we've had, those great encounters, those retreat moments need to be uh, fanned into flame by our activity. So not just passive uh, in the chairs, if you will, of a great retreat experience, but we're invited in the Holy Spirit to say yes and to be active to be active in receiving him, to be active in, in daily opening our hearts and our minds to him. And uh, we're very blessed to have a guest. We're going to queue in in a very short time here. We're excited that you're with us. We are going to talk about the very real outpouring of the Holy Spirit happening in this day and this age, not simply 2,000 years ago, not just a historical account, but a present description, a present reality that is really happening, that's more than just hype, that's more than just selective. And by the way, it's an invitation by virtue of our baptism and our confirmation, brothers and sisters. It's an invitation for us to live in that light and to open the door and to, if you will, get the stuff out of the way, to get the, the junk that stands in the way of the Niagara Falls of grace that God wants to flood through us, to really together as a community say yes to that grace and to see his, his healing, transforming power alive through us. That's God's design. That's what he wants. We're going to talk about that tonight. And uh, just to set it up, Steph, did you know what an end game trailer was before I introduced it in the car on the way over? I did not. Would you like to tell an the end game rest trailer, of the world The rest of the know. story. So so, um, you know, I love movies. Many of our listeners love movies. And uh, I was blessed to be involved in marketing of some major movies, Disney's Narnia, Superman Returns, those sorts of movies and films. And uh, if you're familiar with us, you get the narrative. We see the ABC structure. We see in every single movie, life, death, and resurrection. Uh, anyways, an endgame trailer is where you get uh, a, a glimpse, if you will, of where the movie is going to end, where the action really starts to kick in, if you will. And then it backs you up. 
drop, it'll say like one year ago or five years ago. Perfect example, we all have seen this, but it's hard to maybe recall an exact movie, and John Paul, who is now on the board tonight, taking the place of Joseph, uh, doing a great job producing, came up with a movie that we saw recently, I was going to say Megadeth, Megamind. <laughs> Megamind. Um, it begins with this odd-looking okay, animated creature. Paused, if you haven't seen Megamind, you really need to watch it. It is an animated movie, which... You know, some people say don't care for, but it is very well done and very, very hilarious all the way through. Parents, you will have to put up with your children quoting it at many times throughout the day, but uh, the spider. Anyways, so it begins with this odd persona creature falling from the skies and narrating to himself about how he got himself in this situation. And then it stops and it backs up and the story begins actually with his birth. So that is an end game trailer. So tell me, dear husbands, what does that have to do with tonight? Show. I'm glad you asked, and I did not cue you with that. Um, I'm very animated here, and there's no cameras, so I don't know why I am. I just got that he Italian, is Italian part of me, talking so, with part of me hands, or something. So, um, folks, in the Catholic faith, is it not true that among us, most of us listening right now, we've been touched by the grace of Jesus. We've experienced him. We want to live for him. We're attuned to the books and EWTN, and we want to grow in faith. Yes, 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 I suspect for many of us listening. But how many of us regularly turn to the Holy Spirit in matters that really matter. If somebody is sick, if somebody is spiritually or physically struggling, do we actually lay hands on them? like the Acts of the Apostles, and have confidence in the power of the Holy Spirit to actually see healing. How many of us really do that? How many of us have confidence in that as, a, as, as natural as, if you will, calling up the doctor and saying, what should I do? Do we have confidence in the power of God alive within us? So here's the picture. Over a thousand people coming to an, an invitation of a church, you know, not mass, but another opportunity to, in a church uh, to encounter the Holy Spirit more fully, within the fullness of our Catholic faith, to be given this message that God, that you know, will be clothed with power from on high because God's going to send his spirit that will see even greater things than we saw Jesus to because he's going to his Father. So they're coming in this invitation. And as a result of the praise and worship and prayer and the power and the belief and faith that happens among these thousand plus people, over a hundred healings take place. Over 100 healings take place. Well, that happened a few short months ago in the Columbus area, and uh, one of the very inspired young men who set this up and was partnered with it is with us here tonight, and uh, it also includes uh, include another character, Father Matthias Thalen, who is very blessed and gifted in these regards. He's in the Detroit Seminary, just finished his PhD with real understanding of this area, of this realm of manifestation of the Holy Spirit, and uh, just a little bit of a commercial. He is going to be with us at this next ablaze. Go to setablaze.eventbrite.com. It's going to be on the 15th anniversary of 9-11 at St. Jerome's. You really want to be there. It's free. Setablaze.eventbrite.com. Coming together to open our hearts to an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Okay, that's the end game trailer. We're going to back up a little bit and welcome you, Patrick Rice, how are you doing, brother? I'm doing great. Uh, dude, it's so good to be with you. So, awesome to have you. Thanks, Patrick. Awesome to yeah. be with you. Hey, give us a primer on your summer. Tell us who you are, what you do, and just tell us, how's your summer gone? Yeah, um, so my name is Patrick Rice. I'm uh, from Columbus, Ohio. I'm the uh, coordinator of youth ministry at St. Patrick Church, and my summer is going amazing. Um, we've had a lot of uh, good ministry opportunities and a lot of family time. And, uh, yeah, the Lord is just progressing and advancing His agenda. And I think He's moving a lot faster 
than uh, we normally mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. Uh, God moves. So, yeah, it's been a fast-paced summer. So there are a number of, of really neat things that the Spirit has moved you to do, and we're going to get to them, certainly the event in mind, but we know that that's more than just a point in time, that it's spilling over. We know that you're yeah. a part of another project uh, with some other brothers about you know trusting in the Holy Spirit and actively praying over people. Before we get there, though, I want to back up, start at the very beginning. It's a very good place to start, taking my cue from Sound of Music. All right, um, so Patrick... You know, did you come out of the womb this way? You know, did you come out like a fired-up Catholic, uh, filled with the Holy Spirit dude? Tell us a little bit about your yep. history that brought you to this point. Yeah, uh, I grew up great Catholic family, cradle Catholic, um, went to Catholic school, you know, all, uh, all through grade school, into high school. I lost my faith through pretty much bad, the roots of, uh, seeds of bad teaching in high school, a lot of relativism and, you know, universalism was presented, and my Catholic faith stopped really, uh, you know, having a lot of meaning to it. I never really had a deep encounter with uh, with the Lord, mm. and didn't even know they were possible. Um, so I grew up in the, you know, late '90s, early 2000s, in that that generation, and uh, had a, a yeah near death experience uh, in my freshman year of college at Ohio State University, and then my parents pulled me out of there and sent me to. Uh, Franciscan University, and uh, it was the best de- decision I've ever made. So uh, yeah. I'm thankful for that. And then I had a really powerful conversion uh, in front of the Eucharist my uh, junior year of college, and uh, that really shifted everything. So that's my uh, my conversion in a nutshell. Wow. So I want to just focus on something that I think defines everything you said. You had the stuff of Catholic faith. You grew up in a godly Catholic family. We know your brother from CYSC. You guys exude faith. We can only imagine that your parents were really doing it as well or better than anybody else, that Mass was, oh, yeah. in, uh, mass was on the grid and probably the rosary and uh, catechesis was oh, yeah. important, the whole realm. But it wasn't until you had an encounter a living encounter, a personal relationship mm-hmm. with Jesus Christ that, by the way, folks, all the popes have said, it's not about what we know, but who we know. And we're struggling. Let's just be honest. Give ourselves room to struggle and say, we may know our Catholic faith, but do we know Jesus Christ? Do we have that relationship at the heart of ritual? So tell us a little bit, you know, what, what you recall about what that was like both before yeah. and after. Yeah, so basically, um, I had a, um, I made a really big mistake in terms of relationships, purity, both at uh, Ohio State and at Franciscan University. Um, and then I saw the negative effects of my choices on other people. And I made this promise not to, you know, not to act this way, but my flesh was so weak. Mm. And I remember, like, even the promise that I made to try and be pure, I couldn't even do it. And, uh, it was just uh, the biggest weight, and I remember in um, uh, October of uh, yeah October of 2004, I remember making the first prayer that I, have, I ever made. Uh, I was in the shower, and I said like God, if you're real, like give me this, give me the strength to do the thing I I can't do by myself. Mm-hmm. Amen. And then I uh, I remember like I got out of the shower and I was it was 7:20, and I kind of freaked out because wow. uh, I committed to going to this thing called a Eucharistic Festival of Praise, and I had never gone to them before, but this, my friend, uh, he was the worship leader, 
and he did the music, and he would always invite me. He was uh, evangelizing me. I didn't really know it. But he kept inviting me to these things, and I kept saying, no, it's not my thing. And I was kind of the, a campus uh, rebel. You don't really see those at Steubenville much, but that was me. And we knew them. Did. Yeah. And then, uh, anyways, I, I remember him saying, well, don't come because this is what you like to do. Come to support me. And I said, all right, so I'll support you. And so I ended up going and sitting in the back of this giant uh, chapel. I was studying abroad at their uh, mm. Franciscan's um, Austria program campus, and it was this 14th century long, cartu- old Cartesian monastery. Beautiful. And there's like 50, you know, Franciscan grads, like uh, hands raised high, or Franciscan students, hands raised high in, in praise and worship. Weird. And uh, the Eucharist <laughs> was up there in the, um, you know, in the monstrance, and all of a sudden everyone kneels down. And I'm sitting in the back, and I'm not just sitting there. And then I knelt down, and then the priest gets up, and he picks up the, uh, the monstrance and starts carrying it down the aisle. And I had this crisis of mind where I was mm-hmm. like, whoa, everything that, you know, Catholics believe, like the, the pinnacle is right there in the Eucharist. And I don't really know what I believe, but I don't think I believe that that's actually God. And then I started to get, like, get all defiant inside and thinking that it was a big myth. And then finally thinking, like, if this is really God, I couldn't, you know, stand here and be defiant. God would have to knock me over or something. And so the priest is coming by, and I just kept saying to myself, you're not God. This is a giant myth. And all of a sudden, the priest stops right back where I was at the back of the uh, the, the church, and he turns. And as he turns, the, the monster squares up at me and sends this beam of power that literally just melted me, knocked me over. And I was just the power of God coming through the monstrance, and Jesus met me right where I needed to be. Mm-hmm. And I, I was basically, it was like a St. Paul encounter. And that really changed everything in my wow. life and uh, just set my course um, into what I'm doing today. Patrick, what I love about that, and I think the testimony to anybody who's listening is, um, again, uh, we can be very faithful, good soldiers, but under the hood, we're struggling with our stuff. We're struggling with captivity. And Jesus came to free us from captivity. He came with power, real power to conquer. And uh, often, many of us, because we uh, go to Mass and we do our thing, and we live with this. We, unfortunately, peacefully coexist with captivity. In the yep. presence of the one who delivered us, and we don't know how to fight. We don't know how to, you know, what this quite means to be in the presence of the Eucharist, to know the power of the Eucharist, to call upon the power of the Eucharist, and that's all of the enemy. You know, I really think we're kind of living in the days of John 6. Uh, there are many fans, many fans that follow Jesus, and they even use the word disciples. And uh, Jesus proclaims, though, the truth of what is required of eternal life. He, of course, addresses it to everybody. Verily, verily, I say unto you, unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life within you. And uh, he's proclaiming the truth of the Eucharist, his presence. And it says many left him after that point. And, of course, I think even going to the to the disciples, the apostles, you know, are you not going to leave also? The truth is, like you, like me, they were still, they were also, be, you know, kind of, in a quandary, wondering, you know, not a doubt per se, but I don't get this either. This is a little weird. It's a little freaky. I'm not quite getting this, but they knew they had no place else to go. They knew that Jesus had game. They knew that he was the one and that act of faith was God. Where are we going to go? You have the words of everlasting life. And so my point is to go from fan 
to follower is not something we can just do ethically. We can't just muster up our strength and, and whatever. That, that there's got to be a kind of crying out. There's a moment in, like for you in the shower, and then at that moment, you know, you were it, it softened you, it opened you up to, to receive God's grace. But are we softening ourselves to say, God, I need you to truly conquer me in my life? Patrick, yeah. I just need to ask, what were those first few days like after your St. Paul moments? Oh, it was awesome, <laughs> like in a bad way. <laughs> I couldn't talk for three days. I would go to class, and I would just lay my head on my desk or the, the table, and there would just be like a pool of tears. Wow. And uh, the one thing I, I, I failed to mention was um, right at this moment, you know, as the priest walked down the aisle, there was... Um, uh, you know, I started to have these doubts come in my mind, like all of the mm. atheistic literature about, like, that rationalized religious phenomenon started popping into my head out of nowhere. Mm. And it was the enemy, like, planting these seeds, and I was thinking, did I really want that to happen? Did I manufacture that from my deep subconscious and all these Freudian terms that I remembered? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then um, all of a sudden, this, uh, this, this kid, he was the worship leader leading prayer for the night, he gets up, and he walks to the microphone, and he says, yeah, during the procession, Jesus spoke to me clearly and, and told me that he did something to someone that he's never done before, and he wants you to come up and share it with everyone. And then he sits, he sits back down, and I looked up at the front, and no one was getting up to move. <laughs> and I waited for like 30 seconds, 40 seconds. It was a, those were long seconds, right, and I right. felt my body just like rise up. And I walked down there, and I had a pretty um, kind of notorious reputation on campus. It's a small school, as you know. Um, and people were just flabbergasted when they saw me. I was long hair and wore linen clothes and kind of a hippie. And uh, I came up and told everyone what I told the, our audience right now, and they were blown away. So everyone was kind of talking about it on this campus. There are only about 120 students. And, but I could, for the next three days, I couldn't talk until I went to concession mm-hmm. when they had that available uh, three days later. Patrick, wow. that is so moving. How beautiful. Absolutely. And God just uh, so want to soak that in. Of course, we are going to be praying tonight. And in fact, I want to tell our listeners uh, tonight, if at any time you want to call in, this night is about you. If you want us to pray with you and over you, over a specific need in your life, Patrick is a very powerful prayer warrior. He was at our uh, Lift Jesus Higher event. We're kindred with him in a lot of these things. And I just want to invite you, if you're moved, if you need prayers tonight, 877 275 And I know right now, even as I'm saying that, I sense one of you heard me say that, and you know you're supposed to, and you're afraid. There's a little bit of a factor there of, oh my gosh, you know, there's something I really need to be prayed for, and and I'm going to call in. Let me encourage you to do that. 877 Can I say something, too? Please do. I just got the sense, too, um, there's someone that has a bad, like, neck, upper back pain, the left part of their back, and then the other person has breathing problems that I believe Jesus wants to heal. So if that's you, we just invite you to call, and we love to pray for your healing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what you just heard come out of Patrick is, uh, you know, I don't know, gift of knowledge, gift of prophecy, word of knowledge, word of prophecy. These are gifts that are in the fullness of our Catholic faith. Uh, they're clearly specified in Corinthians. Um, they're in our catechism. And uh, they're, they're probably the kind of thing. So let's just go there in a second, Patrick. How did you, how did God guide you? How did he transform your life from that point forward, your compass of where you're heading from that point to where you're at now? Yeah, so... I graduated from Franciscan. Um, I didn't have any connection with the charismatic movement there. 
it's actually really possible because Steubenville is kind of notorious for being, you know, the land of Scanlon and, uh, you know, signs and wonders. But I didn't have any connection with it. I graduated. I taught high school for uh, two years. And then I uh, ended up moving to Cincinnati, and I took a job as a youth minister. Um, married, you know, I, I got married right out of college. Uh, amazing. My, my wife's amazing. We have five kids now. Beautiful. But actually, I was... Um, after my first year of youth ministry, I felt completely de- defeated, deflated, like a failure, a very common kind of mm-hmm. response. But then I met this priest from Uganda named Father Afino. He was a, he's a Kamboni missionary, and he's, uh, they've, the Kambonis are one of the largest, the largest missionary order in uh, Central Africa, in mm-hmm. Sub-Saharan Africa. They have their North American headquarters in Cincinnati, a few blocks away from my parish that I was ministering at. So... You know, he he actually felt called to connect me with this couple named Dan and Lynn Williamson mm. that would come to Uganda every summer and run School of the Charisms um, in Uganda. So he gets moved to Cincinnati. They're they're living in northern Kentucky. So we all get together for dinner, and he basically uh, he leaves dinner and he says, you know, Dan and Lynn are going to pray for you and Emily, my wife and I, and so. We're, like, kind of freaked out, weirded out. We had just met them. And then all of a sudden, Dan stands up, stands over me. Emily stands, or Lynn stands up and, and stands over Emily. And all of a sudden, they, they kind of go silent for 30 seconds. And I'm thinking to myself, man, if this guy's going to say something, you know, profound over my life, I don't want it to be about me as a husband or a father or you know, <laughs> something about my fan, my general about my fan, finances. I want to know what God wants out of my ministry because I feel mm. like I'm supposed to quit. Mm. And I don't know what God wants. And then all of a sudden, right when I was thinking that, he said, the Lord wants you to know that uh, he knows your struggles with ministry. He knows where you are, but he's called you to do great things. He's going to open the barn doors. He's going to transform you, and you're going to transform other people's lives. He started speaking into where I was completely 100% and then what God wanted to do. And the words about what God wanted to do for me were the most comforting things that I'd ever heard. They awoken something inside of me that I didn't know was there, and that was a the game changer for me. And my youth group went from like 20 kids to becoming in three years the largest youth group in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. And it was amazing because God did a work of transformation. So that couple discipled me in the spiritual gifts, especially the gift of word of knowledge, gift of prophecy, uh, you know, you name it. And I started walking in these things and they became a normal part of life. That is and awesome. That, that continues today. So let me ask you, Dan. Let me ask you. So the the popes, the last three, really since Paul the sixth onward, have uh, invited us, strongly encouraged us to seek baptism in the Holy Spirit. And we've been uh, discussing this with our audience for a while now, and kind of clarifying it's not uh, a, a, sac- a unique capital S sacrament. It's really this notion of fanning the flame of the grace that is already within us. It is the right. game changer. It is, if you will, the receiving that power, that conquering power of. Jesus Christ alive in our lives, but share with us a little bit, did did baptism of the Holy Spirit happen at that point? And from your understanding, help us understand more fully, what is that? Yes, really quick, baptism of the Holy Spirit is simply an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. There's actually 
uh, potentially multiple baptisms or outpourings of the Holy Spirit that one can receive. We see that in Acts chapter 2 in Pentecost. They're getting filled with the Holy Spirit, the gifts come. And then in the end of Acts chapter 4, after they prayed, there's another description of an, another infilling of the Holy Spirit, the ground shaking. So the first time I received, um, you know, my baptism of the Holy Spirit was at a prayer meeting that Dan led at that Camboni Seminary that, I, that we first met them at. He basically gave a, a Holy Spirit gospel message and then, uh, you know, said, if anyone wants me uh, to receive, you know, prayer for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I'd like to pray for you. And I was the first person to step forward. And he came over and laid his hands on me. And boom, there was just like a, a transfer of just through him into me. It was just one of the most amazing experiences in my life. And, um, I would basically, I didn't know it, but I was on the ground, and I just got filled with the fullness of God. And, uh, yeah, I mean, to this very day, like, there's, uh, I just remember thinking to myself, I can never deny God what you're doing to me right now. Mm. I love you so much. I give you my life. It was just the most intimate encounter I've ever had, you know, to that very day. So, uh, yeah this powerful encounter with the Lord. That is really awesome. Now let me ask you, we know that it's a grace. We know that truly it is a gift. But at the same time, in in God's mystery, we have to respond, we have to receive. Um, What, in your experience, keeps maybe the average Catholic, when I say average, I mean really faith-filled Catholic that goes to Mass, or what keeps us from, from, I don't know, being open and receiving this? What is it? I I think the biggest thing is hunger. Like, I saw this. Man, I saw God working in this man in a way I've never seen Him working before, and I was so hungry for for God to manifest in my life like that. And I think that we have a crisis of witness. We don't see uh, we don't see people that are so on fire that we'll, that we're willing to say like I want what they have because like you know it's all about hungering and thirsting. Like you know Jesus says, "Anyone thirst, come to me, and rivers of life getting water." I just question like how much thirst we see in the church, but that comes back to authentic witnesses that are just filled right. with the fullness of God. So I, I was hungering and thirsting for more, and when you hunger and thirst for more, you will be satisfied. And so God is so good. Every time I hunger and thirst for more, I receive it. And if you're out there like, oh my gosh, I want what this guy has, just Jesus, do what mm-hmm. you do, fill him in Jesus' name. Awesome, awesome. So uh, I, I, I think that many of us in the last 15, 20, 30 years may actually suffer from a lot of good things, uh, that there's obviously the blessing of good events, good experiences, good encounters, but the good can be an enemy of the great in the sense that we become comfortable in going from dot to dot, like picture a connect-the-dot portrait versus sort of a Picasso, a Rembrandt, something really beautiful like that. And uh, it does take, I think, a brokenness that brings us a transparency, a vulnerability to really recognize, look in the mirror and, and say, God, I, I need you. I need you for my next breath. I mean, truly, I need you radically alive in my life to um, to live, to breathe, to think the way you want me to think, to have the kind of desires and emotions and virtue that I need to have. And it sounds to me like, you know, as you shared your background, you were blessed with brokenness. And how, yeah. awesome, and how awesome we see that really in the mass, right? That brokenness for many of us, culture says, don't be broken, you know, we, we spend so much money and all the con- commercials, you know, uh, conspire to make us strive after our comfort zones, turn up the air conditioning, eat the food, comfort, 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 comfort. And we can't encounter Christ if we're not broken. This is my body broken for you. And you experience that. 
Share with us, um, so you, you've gone deep in this. Um, it's been uh, really an integral part of your life now, um, and you were blessed to be mentored by Dan and Lynn, and you're still connected to them. Uh, mm-hmm. Tell us what difference that has made for you in the way you approach ministry uh, right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't... A lot of people, I meet a lot of people like, man, I, I want to be in full-time ministry. Like, I wish I, it, once I got a, once I'm in full-time ministry, then I'll be validated. You, you've seen this, Greg, right? Yep, yep. Kind of weird mentality, yeah. It's kind of normal, but I don't think we're called to, like, I think we're called to full-time manifestation. We're called to manifest the kingdom of God, in, you know, everywhere we go. I and, love um, that phrase, you know, Patrick, I, I, full-time manifestation. I don't like to limit God. So, tell, uh, keep going. Sorry. Yeah, so, but basically... Uh, I mean, you have to make that that shift to doing the works of Jesus at all time. Like Jesus, I mean, the scripture verse that really I think drives me more than anything else is John fourteen twelve. Um, you know, anyone who be- if you believe, I mean, whoever believes in me will do the works that I do, and greater works because I'm going to the Father. So wherever, like, I just go out and get filled with the presence of God. And just trying to bring Jesus wherever I go, whether it's a youth group where I minister, you know, professionally, or to the store, or to the fast food place, you name it. But you got to have the eyes of Jesus, and you know He's going to back you up when you when it's time to minister. Greg asked you about ministry. What about your uh, vocation as a husband and father? Oh yeah, no, my wife and I we do. Um, you know that that that's the first thing right there. If we're not connected, nothing's connected, mm-hmm. and uh, we have to minister together. So my wife and I, we actually have a deliverance and inner healing ministry that we do out of our home. And uh, if you know, without her, it doesn't work. With that, you know, together when we're united, you know, we see freedom happening. We see deliverance happening. We see lives transformed and changed. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, we go to conferences together. We get fed together. We love together. Yeah, it, it, ministry is only as, as powerful as your marriage is. Awesome. That's awesome. So, uh, as you said, it really, truly, that John fourteen twelve passage that um, will be we are meant to be instruments of God's grace. And you you um, spoke of the eyes, the way we look at the world. I think that's a really key thing because suddenly, when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, um, and we're, we're mindful that God wants to manifest His power through us, He He kind of moves us to see people around us and uh, and to be praying for them. Lord, you know, how can I understand what that person is going through? Speak to me. Give me your heart for that person that actually even moves us, perhaps not simply to maybe pray for them, and I'm going to ask you to share some stories in a second, but sometimes, oh no, he may actually want us to approach them and even more share with them things, as Dan and Lynn shared with you, insights that there's no way they could have known except for the Holy Spirit, a lot like Peter, that you actually approach people and validate that there's something going on here besides human knowledge and just pure human logic and wisdom, but there is something something above us that opens up hearts and minds to God's grace, and then to take that step further and actually pray for them. Tell us about that. Yeah, really quick, I think what you're hitting at is this principle that we're rediscovering in our Catholic faith, that the kingdom of God is not simply something proclaimed. Jesus and the the apostles of the early church, they never simply proclaimed a message like, God loves you, he sent Jesus, if you accept Jesus, then everything's going to be okay. It wasn't just a proclamation. It was a proclamation with a demonstration. It was, God is so good. He is He's love. He, he's a healer. And we're going to prove it to you right now. We're going to demonstrate who God is by, by bringing healing to your sick, 
by letting you know that, you know, I know that you don't have a husband. You've had five husbands, and the one that you're with is not your husband. There's a supernatural demonstration that's been at the heart of the spread of of our faith, and we're we're coming. And, and it's the spiritual gifts, the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they empower us to release God's supernatural love into our world wherever we go. So awesome. that's the big picture right right there. And what was the other question? Uh, well, just I think that experience, how it changes the way, yeah. we, the way we look at the world. And even like so right now, folks are listening to us. And there's not a single person right now who's listening to us that is not aware of a need in their home, perhaps, likely, a spiritual, a psychological, a physical, an emotional need, much less people say in our workplaces. So they're aware of it. But opening our eyes to the Spirit is that additional sense of God, I am, I am your actor in this. I'm your instrument. I'm the one who, through whom you want to illuminate my mind and my heart. You want me to have your heart for them, and you know, not simply to say, you know, I'll quietly pray for them, but it moves us. So, oh, yeah. so this is sort of the vision I'm saying. The, what does it look like? Yeah. It looks like well, yeah, people really acting. Like, I mean, for me, I mean, like I have to, I have to pray. I just have to receive the presence of God every morning. Like you have to get charged like jesus every morning he simply he was praying by himself and so i think like um a a big change in my life was moving from prayer is something i do and something i give to god to to that which i receive from god Mm. so for me like prayer is 99 percent receiving and one percent doing and the one percent doing is actually sitting down and giving him the time so god wants to fill you with his presence he doesn't always want you to do a bunch of meditative exercises. He wants you to receive. Mm. Um, and for me, I ask him, like, Lord, how do you want, how do you want to love me to, this morning? And sometimes he'll direct me to Liturgy of the Hours. Sometimes he'll direct me to um, just to reading a particular scripture, or he'll set me on a week to read through this particular gospel. But he's got to lead us through it. And unless he leads us, we're not going to know how to receive because we're, we're trying to do things on our own. So for me, you've got to be filled with the presence of God, and God wants to fill you. It's just a matter of letting Him. And then when you go out, you go out with God's heart. You already have it. Mm. You're already anointed. You have, you've had a fresh uh, reception of, of Father, Father God's love. Mm. And then you go out, and then all of a sudden, like, without even knowing it, you'll see someone at the ice cream store and your heart will just break for her. Mm-hmm. So I'll just tell you the story really quick. Please do. Right, I'm at my... Um, uh, my nephew, he's having a uh, ice cream party at our like one of our local Columbus uh, old, old old school ice cream shops, and we're all eating there. And all of a sudden, this lady hobbles up. She's got a, like a kind of a, a four pegged cane, and she's like hobbling up by herself to get some ice cream. And she looks like and she's in pain. And without even thinking about it, I saw her, and my heart broke for her. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, I've come to know that when my heart breaks for someone, I'm feeling Father God's heart for that person. And I know that if sweet Jesus were with me, like, he wouldn't let that, that woman stay there not healed and in pain. Mm-hmm. So then it becomes a matter of, like, okay, what's the, what's the least weird way I can approach this person <laughs> in love? And I was thinking to myself, all right, God, what do I do, what do I do? And I just got the sense help her with her, you know, after she orders, help her to her table. And so I remember she ordered a banana split. And like right as she, after right after she paid, I walked up to her and I said, excuse me, can I help you go to your, to your, your table? And she said, yeah, I'd love that. Um, I actually don't have a table. I, I'm kind of here by myself. And I said, how about you join my family? I had like 
my sister's family, my family. We've got like 10 kids together, some uh, aunts and uncles. So she comes awesome. and joins um, our table. I'm sitting with my dad. He's a deacon at St. Catharines in Columbus. And we just started talking, and I just started, turns out this woman had like a, you know, a ton of stuff going on, and we just listened for a long time. And then I just asked her, what happened to your to your leg here, you know? And then she went on to tell me how it was, it was injured, it never healed properly, and I just said, I really believe God wants to heal you. Can I pray for you? And she looked at me kind of puzzled, but she said, yeah, what could it, what could it hurt? And so I laid hands on her knee, and I prayed just a quick prayer of healing and I asked her to check it out and she and then she you know starts moving her leg and she said I couldn't move my leg back Mm -hmm. this is awesome I said is it all better and she said no and she stood up and she put you know put weight on it and there's still pain and so let me pray one more time I prayed again the pain completely left and she was just like getting full of like tear like teary eyed Mm -hmm. she comes to share with us that she grew up Catholic uh, became a Lutheran but then, you know, the, the church got, uh, she got, there's a, a wound in the Lutheran church, and she didn't have a home. So we ended up, like, inviting her to Alpha at St. Catherine's, awesome. and she gave my dad her, like, number, and she was just, like, no more pain, completely healed, and it was awesome. So, like, for me, it's, I, I, my heart broke for that person, and then it's just, what would wow. Jesus do? Praise and God. God. you up every time. Praise God. Praise God. So, folks, you're tuned into Ignite Radio Live. We're very, very blessed to have Patrick Rice with us. You're hearing him tell the story of God's power alive in us. If we just open our hearts, not by virtue of our holiness, by virtue of our great virtue, it's by virtue of just recognizing who he is and his awesomeness and uh, his desire to want to flood us with his love, flood us with his presence. If we come before him and, and uh, just proclaim him and invite him, John 4.12, Verily, truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. So, Patrick, that's pretty awesome. And I want to throw another line in the water because I really believe uh, somebody is meant to call in tonight and we're meant to pray for that person. Uh, 877-275-8098. Again, 877-275-8098. Early on, um, Patrick uh, had shared that he thought that maybe there's somebody with some back trouble and he was particularly, he was specific about it. I don't recall the details. Yeah, so go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, so if you got uh, upper left back, like below your neck, around your neck, shoulder blade area, and then also if you have breathing problems, I believe God wants to heal you if you call in and we'd like to pray for you. Absolutely. So, Patrick, let's get to, um, we spoke of the end game uh, teaser at the very beginning. And uh, there's so much we can talk about. I look forward to continually um, connecting with you down the road here. Hopefully you'll be a guest again. But uh, take us to the place, the good father, David Sizemore. Our audience is familiar with him. We've had him on a couple times already. St. John Newman. What went down that night? And just maybe set it up for us. What got you to that night to set up? What happened that night? Yeah, so uh, well, I mean, it kind of goes back. Father Sizemore hosted uh, our first Columbus citywide healing service May twenty second of um, you know two thousand uh, two thousand sixteen this year. Um, but it kind of goes back to the healing services of Father Matthias Thalen, who will be at your event um, on the eleventh. So basically, Father Matthias was coming. He, he's a really good friend of mine. We met 
had a deliverance training in 2011 with Neil Lozano. We did an mm. unbound That's training awesome. with Neil, and we were like the only people under 40 there. And <laughs> we became like super, we became super awesome friends really quick. Stay in contact. So he was staying at my house this past December, and I just got the sense like you've got to meet. I got to introduce you to Father Dave. Father Dave is the pastor of St. John Newman uh, Catholic Church here in Columbus. It's probably the I'd say the flagship of the new evangelization mm-hmm. in our diocese. They have so much stuff going on. I speak of him Alpha. as a, I speak of him as sort of the Father Ricardo of Columbus, so our listeners oh, totally. can kind of make that connection. Totally, yeah, completely. And so we went up to uh, St. John Newman, and I connected the two of them. And within like two minutes, like Father Dave was already like wanting him to do a healing service, mm-hmm. and uh, so it was it was really cool. They connected really well, and then we have a. Um, we have an encounter team. We have a ministry here in Columbus called Encounter Ministries, and we organize a lot of these, you know, kind of re- re- Catholic revival events and whatever the Holy Spirit wants to do. And we have a team of like 25 people, mostly married couples, that will put these teams on and, and su- supply them the promotion, the marketing, the prayer ministry, the music ministry. We kind of do it all together. A lot of us are uh, youth ministers and just have on-fire marriages. So, Patrick, I'm going to pause you for a second just because we have somebody who called in and they want to remain cool. anonymous. So hopefully you have your train of thought. Do you have your train of thought? This is a great yep. story. You're going to set us up. So go ahead, uh, caller. Thank you for calling in. What can we pray for you for? Well, um, in the last month, I have had an incident where my throat was closing with something that I must have been allergic to, but I don't know yet. I'm still going in the process of trying to find out what my allergens are. With uh, I'm now going to an allergist, and I would like some healing because I've had, like, anaphylactic closure of my throat twice mm-hmm. in my lifetime. And now I'm having to carry an EpiPen, and this is something that's all totally new. I would love to be healed. Mm. I was not, did not have yeah. this until recently. And my, but above that, above more than me, I'm requesting prayers for my um, adult children. Mm. Awesome. Can we can we pray for your throat right now? Let's do it. What, 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 are you in any kind of pain right now, or do you feel, is there a constriction that you feel right now? No. Okay. No, so you, have, you, have, no. you have no, you, you don't experience any symptoms right now, is that correct? Correct. I have no symptoms. I'm breathing fine right now. Okay. I would just like healing from these and at least find out what I'm allergic to so that I can, you know, be prepared for anything like that. Okay. Great. Can, can I leave this one? Absolutely. Please do. Awesome. All right. So, uh, ma'am, just yes. don't pray for yourself. Just let us pray for you, mm. okay? Because the Holy Spirit, he, he wants, God wants to heal you more than you want to be healed. And so we just want you to, I want you to be aware of however God touches you right now, because we're, we're the body of Christ. We're united in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, Father God, in the name of Jesus. Mm. We come into uh, agreement right now that you do want to heal. You want to bring uh, heaven to earth. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we just bind this affliction sent against our sister in the name of Jesus. And, Father, I speak God's complete healing and opening of her throat. In Jesus' name, I, I pray the gift of wisdom over herself, her doctors, anything in the natural realm that's, um, that's blocking 
her, her ability to breathe and to, to minister and to love her family. We speak against that, mm-hmm. and we just release the oil of heaven over her throat mm-hmm. to bring her, her complete healing in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Yes. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And I just, I have a sense for you. Thank you for calling. And I just have a sense that in your suffering, that uh, they are God's hands molding you, that there's a purpose in it, that uh, what you're enduring right now, that God wants you to know how much he loves you, how deeply he loves you. And that, you know, you're saying yes to him in your circumstances right now is an occasion of him pouring forth grace. We're united with you. You are not alone. You know, we're blessed to have this wonderful church that we have, this Catholic church. Are you Catholic? I am. Wonderful, wonderful. So the body of Christ, of course, a very powerful sacrament. And, um, you know, and I, I just want to pray also in addition, additionally add, uh, you know, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we do lift up her adult children. We claim each one by your name. You've designed them for yourself. You've fashioned them for the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. We renounce, Lord, whatever lies, whatever deception, whatever deceit, whatever wounds, whatever bitterness may may be like log jams in the way of that Niagara Falls of grace. We renounce it. We renounce the enemy in the name of Jesus Christ right now. Whatever afflictions, whatever hold they have, Lord, you are all conquering. You are all powerful. And in your holy name, we claim them for you. We are united in you, Lord Jesus. Mm-hmm. And uh, we we delight, Lord God, in the work that you want to do. And uh, Lord, we we receive this moment right now of of need, God, that brings us to our knees and uh, has us attuning ourselves to you, Lord God. And uh, anyone else who's listening, Lord, with similar uh, challenges with their children, God, or physical ailment that was spoken of, we lift them up to you right now also. To the glory of your name, that we can proclaim your name, that you are not just a historical uh, uh, figment of the past, God, but you are present, you're alive, and you're powerful. Your holy name we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you so yeah. much for calling in. God bless you and be assured of our continued prayers. Patrick, thanks so much for, for leading that. Yeah, and, absolutely. And, and listeners, uh, please, we have a little time left here, but I, I still, you're, you're the priority here. 877-275-8098. We want to pray for you. Continue, Patrick. Yeah, so, anyways, I'll just, I'll take you through a play-by-play of this healing service. So, it started at 6.30, um, we had a, uh, there was a guy um, at the, this uh, prayer meeting that Father Matthias did for a group of leaders um, a few months before. This guy, he wasn't even one of the, in the group, he got invited by a friend, and um, he came, and he got prayed over by Father Matthias. He went down under the power of the Holy Spirit, and while he was on the floor, uh, he felt heat all over his back. The dude had a back injury mm-hmm. in college that never healed properly. He had to go to the chiropractor weekly to get it worked out so he could function properly. And then he woke up the next day, no pain in his back, where he would always wake up and have intense pain. And then he went to the chiropractor to get his back checked out, and the chiropractor said, you have a brand-new back. You're not going to have to come back here again. <laughs> so there's a straight-up miracle. Praise God. That so is this awesome. guy, he records, uh, we recorded a, a video testimony of him just sharing this encounter we posted our Facebook with an invitation to May 13th, or sorry, May 22nd, this healing service. And by the time it started, there were 1,300 people at St. John Newman Church. People were having to leave because there wasn't enough room. There was no parking. It was, it was like an awesome, you know, kind of like gospel chaos scene. Awesome. So it was, it was incredibly exciting. We had like 30 minutes of praise and worship. 
And then uh, Father Dave came up and he oriented everyone with the night and told everyone what was going to happen, uh, what what people could expect. And then um, after he after the introduction, he left and Father Matthias uh, and the, the altar servers they came in and they processed Jesus in the Eucharist onto the altar, mm-hmm. and we praised uh, for a, a period longer. And then Father Matthias came up and preached uh, gospel. And then he gave a homily, and it was basically the gospel of who Jesus is, and that Jesus heals to demonstrate and show people who he is. And then um, just started sharing stories of the amazing healings he's seen, and really to get to the nature of the heart of God, to want to heal his children, and just raise that faith. And then he had us sing one more song, and just really open up to God. Uh, He had us forgive anyone that was, um, you know, that had hurt us, injured us, you know, um, recommit or commit our life to Christ, ask God to forgive us of our sins, just go through a cleansing. And then we sang this song, it was like, let it rain or something awesome, it was amazing. And then Father Matthias started calling out words of knowledge for healing after that. He asked the Lord what specific conditions God wanted to start healing. And so he got on the microphone and started calling out these conditions and saying, like, you know, praying for healing just over the body uh, for anyone that had these conditions. And then right after that, he said, if, if you just got healed, either it was during the song or while he was saying these words of knowledge, come on up. And people started coming up with the exact same conditions that he had just named, mm-hmm. saying, as he said this, I got healed. And so pe- the people would testify and it would blow everyone else away, and the level of faith in the room would increase. And then Father Matthias would just do these rounds of prayer, where he would just continue to call out conditions that he heard God saying he wanted to heal. And then sometimes he would just call out conditions and say, raise your hand if you're affected by any of these conditions. And people would raise their hand, and then he'd say, okay, if find someone that doesn't have these conditions, and I want to show you that God wants to heal through you. So he led the congregation to pray over those that were sick or afflicted, and then through their prayer, we saw even more people get healed. So there are so many ways that people got healed. It wasn't just through his prayer, his words. It was through the people around them in the pews were praying for healing, and God was releasing healing through their prayers. And that, I think, more than anything else, was the biggest game-changer of the night. People came to see their identity in who they are in Jesus Christ, awesome. that they have the Spirit of God that rose Jesus from the dead alive inside of them, wanting to get out, and it was starting to happen. So, folks, if you're, and as you're hearing this right now, Patrick Rice sharing uh, an amazing uh, incident that happened, amazing event that happened of God's manifestation of healing power you're meant to be hearing it. You're meant to be hearing this right now for a reason. God is wanting to stir something up in you right now. There's a reason you're listening to this right now. And I really want to invite you, I want to invite you to really um, bring that anticipation, bring that wonder. If you're looking for clarity with it, if you're wanting to be more aware of God's power alive within you, if you want to uh, receive God's grace and healing in your own life, 
Go to setablaze.eventbrite.com. This event is going to take place on 9-11, September 11th at St. Jerome, 6 p.m. It's free. Father Matthias, this wonderful priest uh, who uh, Patrick Rice is sharing with us, is very gifted in these regards, is going to be leading us in a very similar evening. So again, September 11th, Set Ablaze. The name of the event is Ablaze, but go to setablaze.eventbrite.com. And uh, Patrick, I do want to um, have you back and uh, share with us some of the great things this video project that you're uh, is very exciting as you and some other brothers are, are um, yeah. responding to God's grace and uh, going with word of knowledge to places where the Spirit is sending you and the amazing manifestation that's happening there. We do, though, um, every week we invite our listeners to uh, share prayer requests. Um, any of you like right now listening, um, you're familiar with this. You go to our Facebook page or email, but Facebook, Greg Schleter, we have a list of those of you who've listed prayer requests, and we're going to lift those up right now. So you could join us by going to my page, Gregory Schleter at Facebook, and uh, just join us in this prayer right now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord, we join Gigi in her prayer for the, the success of the Tech Young Adult Retreat and for the conversion of two loved ones. Lord, may they just feel your presence and your love and be drawn close to you. We pray with Kristen for the school year. For all moms, for families, for the election are her prayers. We unite our hearts, God, together for these intentions. That your spirit go ahead of us, Lord God. And um, that we see your manifestations through even the struggles, Lord, but that we claim your power and your blessedness. And we claim that power and blessedness with Carly's prayer for the healing of her mom and her beautiful faith, Lord, as she exclaims, I know if God wills it, Mm. he can heal her. Mm. Lord, meet her in that faith and just lay your healing hand upon her mother right now. Whatever sickness and struggle she's having, Lord, we believe Mm. that you desire her to be healed and be with them, Lord, in their faithfulness. We join in Blaine's prayer for struggling marriages, for struggling families. Lord, hear our hearts united right now in claiming these icons of your love, these icons of the Trinity. You've designed marriage and family, God, to reveal you who are love. And they are under attack, Lord, Lord, for all those of the audacity to live that. We claim them for you, Jesus, and we pray that uh, there be healing, that there be forgiveness, that there be a bold apology, God, that there be reconciliation, God, that those logs would clear out of the way so that Niagara Falls of Grace would flow again in families and marriages. We claim them in your name. We join Brenda's prayer for their religious education program. Lord, for the teachers, for the students, for the parents, may it truly be an education to come to know not just about you, Lord God, but to know you, to be drawn deep into an encounter with you. We lift up Teresa and really all those here who are praying for their children as they begin school. For continued healing for Yvonne, as Robert so faithfully asks Mm -hmm. prayers for, Lord, again, you are a God who desires to heal in whatever way. And we just believe that, Lord, and we claim your healing upon her. And for safe travels for Yvonne and her sister, um, 
as they go off and about today. Send your angels to guard and guide them. We join in the prayer for the upcoming charismatic conference taking place in October, Lord, that it be a powerful manifestation of your Holy Spirit. For Bishop Sam Jacobs, we lift up uh, him. We lift up uh, Caroline Gambali, who will be speakers there also. Renee Marazan, Lord, just that you work powerfully through them and all those who will attend that conference and the upcoming Crucio weekend. We join Mary in her prayer for a very special intention deep in her heart. We lift up our brother Richard God. You know his struggle. You know his battle. You know his fight, quite frankly, with life, with his mental illness that he he struggles with, God. And um, we unite right now in claiming him for you, claiming his mind for you, claiming his heart for you, Lord God. We renounce uh, the, the work of the enemy there. You fashion him for you. May he know your deep, the depths of your love for him, Lord Jesus. We pray for restoring healing grace right now to flood him, that he experience your arms surround him right now. We lift up Cindy's prayer for the tearing down of the last mm. remaining abortion yes, clinic here in Toledo, that during this upcoming 40-day for life campaign, that it may truly be a prayer um, that is answered, that is witnessed to, that it, this may be the end to all abortion, that it may be unthinkable mm, yes. um, here in Toledo and throughout our nation. We join Diane's prayer in our country that it would truly be one nation under God again. And we pray for her children and foster kids. We commend them to you, Jesus, in your care. We join Steve and Lorna for continued healing for their eight-year-old daughter's Mm. concussion um, as she fell very... uh, unexpectedly and hit her head very hard, Lord, that you continue to be with them during times of worry and uncertainty, but that you just be that healing presence in their whole family. We join in Teresa's heartfelt prayer for Alicia and Josh as they take a memorial stone to their stillborn son's grave today instead of welcoming him into this world and for their other children and for the eternal rest of their baby, and for all those, Lord, who've lost a child, all those, I'll even say parents right now, whose uh, struggle with, uh, maybe with the loss of their children's faith, will include that, Lord Jesus, that are maybe stillborn in their faith. We lift up all of these, that they would know your love, your healing hand, your grace, your presence. For Jane's restored health, Lord, again, you are a healing, faithful God. Be with her and make her whole again. We lift up Robert's prayer for whatever situation is taking place in Springfield Township. Whatever is going on there, Lord God, we commend it to you. And we pray for Brenda, with Brenda, for the family of Jacob Lang and the healing of Austin Smith, uh, who are in an accident. And all those, Lord, right now who uh, are suffering as a result of an accident, we commend them to you. And Lord, just as we conclude this time tonight, whoever that person was, perhaps with a back <clears throat> injury and the difficulty breathing, we claim them for you. We pray for healing. We, we, uh, we uh, pray for a miracle, Lord Jesus, that uh, we'd see, Lord, complete healing for the glory of your name. And uh, we pray, Lord, that Catholics, that we'd all awaken, that you are a God of power, you're a God of might, that you want to manifest your presence through us, and that even tonight we lay hands on those that we love. In your holy name we pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.